Well, hello there. It is good to see you again, and welcome back to MSP Success Spotlight. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. It is great to be with you. And as always, we have another extraordinary managed service provider that's going to be joining us here on today's show. We're going to be diving into you know those differentiating factors that have allowed them to see such a level of success in the IT solutions and cybersecurity field. And then we're also going to get their outlook on the future of what cybersecurity looks like moving forward. Always great. Uh, and quite the opportunity, really, to be welcoming on experts in this field onto the show. And today, boy, do we have a great one for you guys. It's Mr. Scott Beck, the CEO of Beck Tech. And before we bring Scott on, I want to rattle off a few really interesting facts about Scott. He's been busy of late, to say the least. Uh, Scott's a two-time best-selling author. He's going to be joining us today. Uh, he's been featured on the cover of MSP Success Magazine. He has had four TV appearances just this past week, as well as two other radio appearances. So, Scott, thank you again for carving some time out to join us. But, hey, look, uh, Scott was also a co-star in an Amazon documentary surrounding the idea of cybercrime, uh, Bechtech being located in the Atlantic Canada region. So we're going to be chatting about that a little bit as well. He's also been a speaker on the NASDAQ as well as Harvard. A lot of great wisdom, great information, great expertise that we're going to be tapping into today. So without further ado, let's go ahead and bring Scott out and get into it. Scott, it's good to see you this morning. How are you doing, sir? I am doing great. It's a pleasure to be here. And you know, with all those things that you just rattled off and two bucks, I can still get myself a coffee. I love it. I love it. I love it. Scott, uh, you know, we, we're going to cover a lot today. Uh, one of my favorite places to start these conversations when we bring uh, MSPs on is really where it all began. So many people find their way into this IT solutions, cybersecurity realm in various ways and coming from different walks of life. So what, what's your story? What led you to this, uh, this nook of the industry? Uh, kind of a weird way to get into it, a roundabout way. Uh, I, I remember my mother, it was my senior year of high school. Uh, she came down the hallway and was banging on the door. I was like, Scott, what are you going to do with your life after school? And, you know, she was kind of getting a little tired. She goes, all you do is you sit in that bedroom, you smoke cigarettes, and you listen to music. So I'm kind of dating myself because back then smoking was pretty cool. Um, and I went, what can I do? I want to get paid. I like music. And I smoke cigarettes. I know. I'll get in the radio. And that's what I did. I actually ended up becoming an on-air radio personality, broadcaster was doing that for several years. And the radio station I was at uh, ended up becoming the first in Atlantic Canada to bring in what they called a live assist computer system. And it didn't take very long before it started impacting uh, staffing. We went from 14 on-air people down to like three. I was offered to transfer to another city. Uh, so I was blessed that way. And because I had young kids, uh, my daughter at the time was like two, and I, I was the provider. I said, I, I got to learn this computer stuff if I'm going to stay viable and keep my job. Well, by 98, I realized there was more money in computers. I, I left radio. I ended up working for the Department of Justice here in Canada. I got exposed to networks and security and, and how that all worked. I found that very intriguing. And I went back to school, uh, you know, in my early 30s to get certified in, in computers and network administration, all that good stuff. So I kind of came into this industry a little bit later than, than many others. Uh, but man, it's been a fun journey to get here. I believe it. I believe it. And, and so where along this journey does Beck Tech, the company, enter the picture for you, Scott? I know it's your baby. You guys do a lot of great work in the in Atlantic Canada. Uh, but I would love to hear, you know, where Beck Tech really, you know, began to surface for you in your life. Well, when I was doing those late night, all night radio shows, I always thought about, you know, I kind of would like to have my own business someday. 
And uh, when I was working with the, with the government and saw that security and saw the networking, I thought this is kind of fun. Uh, I came out of school. I went to work for, you know, the big guys worked for IBM and Dell and, and represented them here in Atlantic Canada, uh, worked for some other local companies and decided, you know, I, I could do this myself. Uh, I knew what I was getting billed out at hourly. And I went, you know, hey, if, if I got like six hours a week at that rate, I could be with my family more. Uh, this would be great. I had that entrepreneurial moment. So Beck Tech, you know, was a culmination of a dream that I'd started you know, in my early 20s, didn't realize until uh, my mid 30s and uh, been at it for 19 years now. And I, I can tell you, it takes a lot more than six hours a week. We've grown from just me working out of my uh, living room to now we've, we've got our own building. We've got six people. We've got, you know, over 70 clients, over 900 endpoints. Um, we're a lot bigger and we need more than six hours. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I can imagine a, a lot of MSPs feel that way, Scott. But, uh, you know, I want to get into the fun stuff now, you know, in, for, in your seat as CEO, Scott, what is it that you feel makes Beck Tech different? You know, what's that secret sauce, that differentiating factor that you believe allows you guys to differentiate yourself from the rest of the pack out there? Well, when I was looking at, at starting Beck Tech and going out, I, I reached out to a lot of friends, business associates and friends and said, hey, you know, when it comes to IT in my industry, what don't you like? Where are we dropping the ball? And quite often I heard, you know, they talk geek speak to me. They take forever to get back to me. I, I, they, they talk down to me. I don't feel comfortable. I don't know what I'm paying for. I don't know if it's fixed. They tell me it's fixed. Uh, I got a problem again. And I started taking a look at that going, well, I think there's a real opportunity here to deliver something different. Um, and now my clients, you know, basically call us the Rainmaker. We're an extension of their team. We become part of that team. Um, our clients, they're not big enough to, to have an in-house IT team, so, so they use Backtech. Uh, and we become that extension and, and those extra eyes and become that trusted partner. Um, often, they call me the rainmaker. So I take that as a compliment I think they're, they're trying to give me. Um, but it's been a fun journey and, and taking ownership of that relationship. And, and I figured out early on, Backtech success wasn't going to be judged by how Beck Tech ran, we were going to be judged on the success of our partners. And as they grow, we've grown with them. And, and that's been kind of the key point. And I think that really comes across. Yeah, yeah, I love that. You know, I mean, customer service, just in that that relationship with the business that, that you work with, so, so important, especially in today's day and age. Uh, and, and Scott, just for, for clarif uh, clarification's sake, could you share with our audience a little bit about the types of clientele that you work with over at Beck Tech, you know, whether or not you're limited to specific industries, you know, what are the types of businesses that you, you guys work with? Well, being in Atlantic Canada, there's a, a quite a wide range, uh, but really specialize in professional services, you know, like lawyers and, and accountants or financial planners. We do construction and we have a lot of manufacturing clients as well. And those are the, the main ones we kind of work with. We have some others, but uh, those that we that, that we have a lot of would be in those fields. Uh, and we've really kind of got some real insights into those industries and what they need to have happen to make them run. Um, so, so it's been fun. It's one of the nice things that when, when I, we get a new client to, to learn how they operate and how to make sure that IT is working for them as opposed to the old way of things of the IT guy showing up saying, hey, you got to do A, B, and C, and this is the way. Mm -hmm. No, let, let's learn a little bit about their business and make sure we're driving them to success. 
Yeah, I would imagine it's got to be a little bit of a two-way street then for you and your team to learn about their world while you guys are also educating them about some of the risks and things out there. And and this is kind of my natural segue into the cybersecurity discussion, which I know you and your team at Bechtech have a heavy emphasis on. Uh, I really, uh, you know, I'll just kind of throw a a really high level question to you in why is it that you believe cybersecurity is just so important these days? And why is it that Vectech has really honed in on, on trying to work with clients to mitigate maybe those cyber risks out there? I'm part of an IT peer group. There's about 300, 350 of us. We've, we'd always been meeting quarterly down in Nashville where we, we would have FBI futurists come in and, and other guest speakers uh, and be able to share ideas. I mean, there is no one person out there that knows everything about everything. So it's kind of a, a brain trust. And, and I, I was blessed that one of my peers, uh, their client got the very first version of ransomware. Of, of, you know, it was about eight years ago called CryptoLocker. Now it was only $49.99 to pay the criminals and, and, and the businesses would rather pay us a hundred bucks to go fix it than, than pay the criminals. But the way they did it, showed that the things had already changed, all right? Like before we'd had viruses, you know, the, the, there'd be somebody at their keyboard, you know, in their mother's basement typing away. And, and it was more for bragging rights. It wasn't to generate a dollar. It was, it was to show how smart they were compared to the rest of the world. But about eight years ago, that changed with this crypto locker and the way they were able to ransom data. And, and if you're not familiar with, with ransomware, that's, it's a virus that comes in and basically locks the files and you can't use them unless you pay ransom. That's the term ransomware. So when that occurred, it was like, this is a game changer. We were able to get around that one pretty easily. But let me tell you, we've come across nine years and the bad guys have, have innovated and innovated. It's harder and harder. And if you don't have the right stuff in place, if you get hit, you're in big trouble. I mean, we just had a, a, one of our grocery chains up here get hit. They've already admitted that they've spent $25 million so far to recover from from this attack i mean they're big players but even the small guys are starting to see hundreds of thousands of dollars um so so one of the big things i i find myself as a ceo is, is educating trying to educate the public because right now ryan the bad guys are winning yeah yeah i mean uh, cybersecurity conversations just in general like you said in the last nine years have massively escalated. Everybody's talking about it. It's such a pertinent topic. And I love that you brought up that word education. Uh, you know, there's that adage of a hey, uh, employees, boy, can they be your, a company's greatest asset or weapon? Well, in the idea of, you know, in the conversation around cybersecurity, they can also be a company's biggest liability. So what's your take on the idea of educating, you know, your clients and their employees to bring them up to stuff so that they're, you know, utilizing best practices and avoiding some of those cyber risks out there. So when I meet somebody new, uh, you know, I'll say, so how are you guys set up for, for cybersecurity? And they'll tell us, oh, we're fine. We're good. And then I'll ask questions like, okay, so the last time you sat down and took a look at your risks and, and you talked with your IT folks and, and they explained to you what the risks are and what you got in place and how you can mitigate, have that conversation go. Uh, and then did the same thing around backups. Okay, so when you talked with your provider, you, you, you figured out if something bad happens, how soon do you have to be up and running to be back functional? You know, can you be down a day? Can you be down four days? Have that conversation go. And I was getting blank stares. Like, no idea. No one had been talking about it that way or thinking about it. Then the other thing I normally would, would, would ask is, hey, look, you hire a new staff member. You put them through your onboarding, you know, you give them the, the sexual harassment training, you give them the ins and outs of the company and the, the payroll benefits and all that other stuff. 
Are you talking to them about computers and what's acceptable and what's acceptable use and what are they expected of them? Because what, what, what I have seen is we are hiring people, we're putting them in front of the computers and we are assuming they already know what to be looking for. So that education becomes a big part. And, and I understand it. It's, it's so confusing. Like, my industry tends to use a lot of acronyms and big words, and, and it can get overwhelming. So it's really easy. I, I try to explain to folks, look, think of your dream car, whatever that dream car looks like. For me, it happens to be a Ferrari. Now, I'm not talking about a car you can go pick up in a couple of years, a dream car down the road, Ferrari. Now, for me, for you, it could be something else. Now, when you have that dream car, you're going to think about what's that car going to do for you and what are you going to do for that car? Are you going to go watch a YouTube video to try to figure out how to fix your car? Are you going to try to change the oil yourself? Are you going to go become a certified mechanic of that car? Probably not. But there's four things you need to be thinking about. And it really does come down to the simplicity. Because when you think of your car, you want to make sure that it's safe and it's reliable. And if you think about the cars and all of its features, seat belts, anti-lock brakes, you know, uh, airbags, the list goes on and on. All these things are safety features. And we have these safety features, but yet we will still buckle our seatbelt because you just never know. You can, you can control, you know, what you're doing in your car and how you're driving, but you can't control everybody else. Well, now let's talk about the computer world. We've now got our computers and we're connected to the internet where there's lots of traffic. And even if you're pretty careful about what you're doing, you can't control what everybody else is doing. And this is where Employee education becomes so important. This is why you got to make sure that you have these layers of protection. And I could go off and we could talk all day just around that, but it comes down to four basic things. Safety and reliability. Uh, you you want to make sure that you've got some insurance. You need to have some compliance and, and some stability, some forward thinking, some, some planning, and somebody that can help guide you on this stuff. Because just like with your dream car, you want to make sure that you're getting the most out of your investment. And what is your business, right? That's kind of yeah. your dream. Even if you're a CEO and you've got a board to answer to, that job is still trying to get you to your dream. So, so we have to protect those dreams. And if we think of it like the automotive industry, the synergies be become so real. And last thought on this, mm -hmm. think about your car. They're becoming so automated now, right? Like, like yeah. you probably don't have a key to put in the ignition to turn anymore. you got a key fob. Well, guess what that key fob is? It's a little mini computer. Mm -hmm. we're, we're getting all these electric cars. Huh, computers run on electricity. Now cars do. And you don't have grease monkeys that they used to say. You've got service technicians at, at the car because they're plugging the computers. So, yeah. uh, you know, at one day you used to have to worry about Vin Diesel and the Fast and the Furious coming to steal your car. We're, we're now, we got to worry about Sheldon Cooper from the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> and that's really true in the business world too when it comes to IT and cybersecurity. I love that. I've, it's a really important picture and I appreciate that analogy because it does kind of help paint a little more simplistic of an idea surrounding how a business views cybersecurity moving forward. Final question is we're kind of bringing the conversation to a head here today, Scott, is I'm always interested to get our experts, our MSPs that we welcome onto the show. I'm always interested to get in, you know, a snapshot of what they view the future of cybersecurity and IT solutions in this, this world, what that looks like in your eyes, Scott, you know, you had mentioned compliance, you had mentioned this idea of, you know, fine tuning and refining your cyber strategies. What does the future look like for cybersecurity in your eyes? Well, listen, currently we're hearing lots about staffing shortages. So a lot of businesses are trying to find ways to automate things, to use technology 
I mean, we're, we're almost to the point that, that your business is technology. It's going to be based on technology. It doesn't have to replace people, but it helps enhance. If we go back to the car analogy, if you remember driving a car that did not have power steering, how hard was that to turn, right? So in your business, having that power steering helps. That's what the technology does. It helps. Uh, and it can streamline a lot of things. So as we continue to become more and more technology dependent in our businesses, and as more things connect, cybersecurity is just going to get bigger and bigger. Uh, because <laughs> if you stop and think that the bad guys, the hackers, the cyber criminals, whatever you want to call them, their job is they got one is to break in and to generate revenue. And they're spending all day on research and development to do that. Now, do you as a business owner have all day to try to figure out how to protect against it? No. Is it possible to keep everybody out? Well, here's the sad part. No. So we've kind of moved over the last few years away from protection and keeping everybody out so it will never happen to realizing it can. So we need to prevent, yes, but we need to be able to detect when there's a problem so we can respond quickly and minimize the impact of what happens. And, and that's what we're going to see continue to move forward, working on those detection capabilities so that you can respond and make sure that the bad guys aren't winning the day and taking millions of dollars out of your business. Fair point and really, really good stuff, Scott. I appreciate you. Scott Beck, again, CEO of Beck Tech, joining us here today on MSP Success Spotlight. Scott, you and your group, you know, you service Atlantic Canada, a lot of those professional services that you mentioned. For anybody out there in our audience, maybe they work or run a professional services organization and they're in need, they're interested. Maybe they just want to open up a dialogue with you and your team to see you know, how their services might align with their needs. What would be the best way they could get in touch with you and, and you know, just really open up that dialogue? Well, the easiest way is probably to visit our website, Becktech, B-E-C-K-T-E-K.ca. On that site, you can book a 10-minute discovery call if you have some questions. There's free reports, free resources up there so you can get more information and see if there might be a fit. I mean, you know, we're, we're probably not the right solution for everybody. We take cybersecurity quite serious uh, and there's baselines to go along with that. So if someone's, uh, you know, uh, used to spending $200 a year on tech support, we're probably not going to be them because it, it, it takes more than that to have a, a, an IT support team to take care of your business. But listen, go to the website. It's got lots of great free resources and has more information about us. Um, and, and we look forward to having those conversations. Fantastic. And again, folks, we had that link there at the bottom of the screen. Um, you know, appreciate you traveling over there, giving Scott's team uh, a shout. But hey, Scott, look, I know you're a busy guy. You've got a lot of clients to serve and we'll let you get back to doing that. But I appreciate you carving some time out of your day to share your wisdom, your expertise and and your stories really surrounding Beck Tech and their success. And boy, do we wish you the best moving forward. It was a pleasure. And thanks for having me today. Oh, of course, of course. And hey, look, we want to take one final moment as always. And thank you guys, our audience out there for jumping aboard and being with us here on the show today. If you did take anything away from today's discussion, you learned a thing or two, or maybe you're just interested in reaching out to Scott and Beck Tech, go ahead and subscribe to the show on whichever platform you check us out on today. That way you never miss out on a future conversation with another extraordinary managed service provider. Also, you can revisit the link at the bottom of the screen uh, and learn more about Scott and his team over at Beck tech so for scott i'm ryan we're gonna go ahead and say so long but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on msp success spotlight